Hello, and a very good day to you. My name is Jim Harris, and this is Heritage Bible Radio. Heritage Bible Radio is an extension of Heritage Bible Church in Boise, where it's my joy to serve as the teaching pastor. Every day, we devote our radio time to studying a portion of the Word of God so you can know Him better through Jesus Christ and serve Him better through your local church. This week on Heritage Bible Radio, we continue our study of Acts with chapter 5, verses 12 through 42. When God continued to pour out His demonstrations of power through healings, tongues, and other miracles, the Sadducees continued to try to silence the gospel. The apostles were not silenced as they obeyed God rather than men. Please listen to Pastor Jim as he faithfully teaches today's portion of this week's message entitled, Power, Persecution, Progress. Now, what Gamaliel says is a case of persuasive human wisdom that carries the day and ends up completely missing the most important point. Verses 35 to 37. And he said to them, Men of Israel, take care what you propose to do with these men. Now he's going to give two illustrations. For some time ago, Thutis rose up, claiming to be somebody, and a crowd of about 400 men joined up with him. But he was killed, and all who followed him were dispersed and came to nothing. After this man, Judas of Galilee rose up in the days of the census and drew away some people after him. He too perished, and all those who followed him were scattered." So Gamaliel is saying, guys, hold off. Caution in how we handle the apostles. And he makes his point with these two incidents from their recent history. Thutis was a man who had led some kind of revolt. There's a couple of different Thutises or Thudai, whatever the plural is. Um, the other one gets mentioned by the Jewish historian Josephus. We don't know anything about this Thutis except what is said here. It was almost certainly that he stirred up a rebellion to, against Rome, because that was always the bane of the, of, the, uh, of the Jews was being under the thumb of Rome. Uh, all we know about this guy is what Gamaliel says. He rallied 400 men, stirred them up, then he was assassinated and his movement died with him. Judas of Galilee, we know a little more about him, he was the founder of the Zealots party. The Zealots were the ones there are the Pharisees, the Sadducees, there's also the Zealots. They're the ones who were the political activists whose purpose in life was to stir up people to rebel against Rome. He made his splash. Notice it says, in the time of the census. That's referring to the same census during when Quirinius was the governor of Syria, that census that brought Mary and Joseph to Bethlehem for the birth of Jesus. Now, in the case of Judas of Galilee, it was more than a flash in the pan because at least after him, the zealot party got a little bit of traction and continued. But Judas of Galilee also was assassinated, and the desired insurrection never happened. So here comes Gamaliel's advice, 38 and 39. So in the present case, I say to you, stay away from these men and let them alone, for the, if this plan or action is of men, it will be overthrown. But if it is of God, 
you will not be able to overthrow them, or else you may even be found fighting against God. Now, here's an interesting situation. You might say, wow, that Gamaliel guy has a great understanding of the sovereignty of God. That's a valid observation. But merely understanding the sovereignty of God isn't enough. You have to also grasp the message that God gives us in His Word. If Gamaliel truly was a man of God, he would have led the charge to call the entire Sanhedrin to repent and follow Jesus. He probably would have said, get Peter back in here. You all need to hear his sermon again. He wasn't that man. He didn't heed the truth. Might have had some human wisdom about him. Obviously didn't want a war on his hands, but he rejected the gospel. However, his advice prevailed that day in the Sanhedrin. Look at verse 40. They took his advice, and after calling the apostles in, they flogged them and ordered them not to speak in the name of Jesus and then released him. Well, they took his advice as far as not putting the apostles back in jail, but he said, just walk away from these guys, leave them alone. Well, the Sanhedrin being the loving, compassionate people, they were flogged them and ordered them again not to speak in the name of Jesus. And they should have known, should have known by then that doesn't do any good. It only emboldens the Christians, but they flogged them and they released them. Now, here's an interesting question. You probably, like me, have this list, at least a mental list of things you would like to ask when you get to heaven. I want to know, is Gamaliel here? Um, what if he saw the transformation in his star pupil Saul of Tarsus, who became the Apostle Paul, and he heard his message, and he came to faith in Christ? What if he followed his own counsel and said, I don't want to be fighting against God? Well, believe it or not, a lot of people have speculated about that. And what we know is a lot of people have speculated about that. We don't know, but oh, Gamaliel's one of the ones I'd love to meet. I, I hope that that soldier that says, truly, this is the Son of God, I hope that was a genuine declaration of faith. I'd love to meet him. I want to meet the thief on the cross. I'd like to meet a lot of those special characters that were as, as wretched as I am. And God saved them. Oh, I hope he's there. You see, preaching about the death and burial and resurrection of Jesus calling people to repent and believe in Him. That began exactly as prophesied immediately after the Holy Spirit arrived in chapter 2. It was an astounding response, 3,000 people believing on that day. And the response was also strong from the unbelieving Jewish leaders who immediately began persecuting the apostles. They threw Peter and John in jail, let them out. They went right back to preaching, saying they must obey God rather than men. So Satan's next attack was from within. He, he found two manipulatable people, Ananias and Sapphira, within the church. He orchestrated their shenanigans. But the preaching persisted, and the power of God continued to flow even after that crushing 
situation of Ananias and Sapphira. And again came the persecution. This time all the apostles jailed. And in His providence, God used the wishy-washy human pragmatism of Gamaliel to get them released again. This time, having also endured the torture of flogging. I like you too much to give you a detailed description of flogging. It's horrible. And guess what happened? You see the power poured out. The priests persecuted. The preaching persisted. Pragmatism prevailed. And then preaching persisted again. Verses 41 and 42. So they went on their way from the presence of the council rejoicing that they had been considered worthy to suffer shame for His name. And every day in the temple and from house to house, they kept right on teaching and preaching Jesus as the Christ. Let's close with a a few observations. First of all, notice the godly reaction to being persecuted for the sake of the gospel is rejoicing, to be considered worthy to suffer shame for His name. They understood. Remember, the apostles had been with Jesus all along. And even when Judas defected and they replaced Him, it had to be somebody that had been with them from the beginning. And they they replaced Him with Matthias. So they had all been there. They remembered the, the momentous day when Jesus spent all night in prayer, began the day by announcing the 12 apostles, and then He preached the Sermon on the Mount. They knew these words from the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 5, 10 through 12. Blessed are those who have been persecuted for the sake of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you and persecute you and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward in heaven is great. For in the same way, they persecuted the prophets who were before you. These guys were just living what their Savior had told them. Now, that doesn't mean that you should go out and try to get yourself persecuted. But it's a marvelous promise that God will care for you and strengthen you to continue to obey Him even when the immediate result is painful. They rejoiced. Because Jesus said to. And so they did. Here's another observation. We must not let opposition of any kind, even overt, vicious, physical, life-threatening persecution, we cannot let that turn us into angry people or make us seek revenge. As we keep studying the book of Acts, all through it, And all through the rest of the New Testament, for that matter, you will never see believers in Jesus Christ seeking revenge against their enemies. Rather, you see them seeking the salvation of whomever they can proclaim the gospel to, like maybe witnessing to your jailer in Philippi, something like that. You see, the natural human reaction to being attacked is fight back. The natural reaction to being hurt is to want to hurt the one who hurt you. But God calls His people not to the natural reaction, to the supernatural reaction. 
If you would like this message on Compact Disc, let me know and we'll send it to you. You'll receive the entire message, not just the portion on today's program. You can order by phone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704 or on the internet at hbc-boise.org. Heritage Bible Radio needs your prayers and your financial support. Once again, you can reach us online at hbc-boise.org or by telephone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704. And if you need a church home here in the Treasure Valley, I hope you'll visit us any Sunday at 7071 West Emerald. For Heritage Bible Radio, I'm Jim Harris. See you next time. Bye-bye.